0: Hi guys, Paul from the innovation community here. Today, I'm with Darren Howell, who is the Director of Analytics at Spring & Nature. So following a passion for customer-focused data science, design, and value, uh, Darren is a a really big analytics expert who has a diverse range of experiences working in data. Great to have you with us. Thank you very much for having me
1: along.
0: Tell us a bit about yourself in a few words to start with.
1: Okay, so um, I live uh, in Winchester, I've always kind of lived along, along the South Coast, uh, married with two children, uh, 10 and eight, boy and girl. Um, and uh, outside data analytics, because we're gonna speak a lot about that. Um, I, I really enjoy windsurfing, so the South Coast is a great place to be for that.
0: Amazing, so where did your career working with Data begin?
1: Uh, my career wise, well, it kind of started at university, uh, but uh, career wise, I came out of uh, a course, um, an engineering course in acoustics, and um, uh, went straight um, into applying that in, in underwater acoustics. And actually, um, uh, underwater acoustics was big data before. Big data was invented um, and I was using um, doing offshore surveys, for example, and and coming back with many hard disks worth of recording uh, and processing that with uh, C code and and, uh, trying to understand the the, the trends and patterns in that data.
0: And how have you moved from, you know, looking at the, the, the big data files to your role now, how was, how have you seen the data world change since then?
1: um well yeah at the time it wasn't really uh, big data wasn't done uh very commonly so yeah, that was quite uh you know a, a, a rare thing and, and because it was so hard you know it, was, you know, it, it took decent hardware and and very technical skills Um, but now it's everywhere Uh, absolutely it's in everybody's lives everybody um, understands how uh, or tries to understand at least how data is impacting them Uh, but for me that journey has been very much about going from the kind of technical side of things to understanding how data interacts with people and how it can kind of improve their lives Uh, and so that's been very much the focus throughout throughout my career is taking those raw skills and applying them to uh, help people improve their life in some way.
0: And what are you up to in your current role? Um, so I, I, I'm
1: applying data and data science and analytics to improve publishing, scientific publishing. Um, you know what a great time to be to be working in that area. You know, science is so important to everybody, and you know we've certainly um, seen how um, that's impacted people's lives and the, and the access to science. Uh, I work for Springer Nature. Um, and Springer Nature is uh, pursuing a a very open access, open uh, science uh, strategy and so making science more open so more people can gain access to it is is a great thing to be able to do.
0: I believe it and what really interests you about working with data and analytics from a wider perspective?
1: Um, uh, most interesting thing is how it impacts uh, people, how it can improve their lives. I think that's the thing that Um, that drives me to kind of figure out uh, data every day and and link that to how people are doing things today and how they could do things differently, how they could do things more efficiently and and more collaboratively. Um, All all of those things really kind of interest me, you know, to to understand how it can help people.
0: Fantastic. So uh, you mentioned that in your most current role, you're working in publishing. What is your experience of using analytics in this space?
1: Yeah, in, in publishing, um, so I've, I've been with Springer Nature for two years, and it's the first two years I've been in publishing. It's um, uh, really interesting to see um, how big the data sets are, um, how how much, obviously, obviously, natural language processing is, is uh, a really big thing, um, and how it kind of spans all of the business, so, you know, from... Uh, the marketing and sales through to content creation um, and the quality assurance processes uh, to help people read things. Um, our websites are very heavily trafficked through 10 million visitors per month on Nature. So yeah, it's, it, it's really pervasive across the whole company and, and um, you we're know, really you know, scratching the surface. So even though uh, academic publishing was the first maybe to digitise its content, we're really only scratching the surface as to what we can do with data.
0: And and a lot of what you talk about on especially on LinkedIn with your blog is about design thinking and analytics. Can you touch on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um I I used to uh work for Procter and Gamble and that's where I was really introduced to design thinking. And the, the 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 challenge really is that when you're trying to solve a new problem, often you know the problems aren't very well defined, um and the technologies aren't very well defined. Uh, and uh, to really kind of work through that, design so thinking has a number of ways of working more than anything. And it's about um, trying things, it's, it's about learning through doing, it's about showing somebody a prototype of a solution and understanding how they react. Uh, it's about empathizing with what they um, need, both emotionally and, and, and functionally, about understanding their current processes. And I think all of that is, is incredibly important in um, any solution, whether it be a, you know external product or internal product. It's really getting to know how people are working, what their problems are, what, what they would like to change. Um, presenting solutions to see uh, whether that would meet their needs, but actually even more so to understand what their needs are by, by giving them something to react against. Uh, and you know, to to do that in a way that that um, yeah makes them smile in the end is is um, really important. So that's that's how I use the design thinking um, in, in my work. Um, I think the other thing I mentioned in the blog, just thinking about it it, is um, a way to be able to do, to do that is to really um, reduce the barrier to delivering a prototype. So whenever uh, I build a capability, as I as I'm doing with in Spring of in Nature, it's really to be able to. Um, make data easier to get hold of, make developing a solution, whether it be an API or a dashboard or an application, really, really quick. You know, and if you can get these things really quick, then creating a the prototype is is as easy as um, uh, creating a Word document or something else, and you can get that in front of people and really understand um, how they react to it.
0: It sounds like you had some, some really great successes there. What are some of the other major achievements you've, 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 you would say you've had over your career?
1: Um, so, uh, within, I've mentioned Potts & Gamble, um, it, it was great to, to use data there, um, one, of, one of the kind of things that, that happened since I, I, I left is one of the um, projects where I use data to uh, develop an insight um, and to develop a technology resulted in, in the launch of uh, a new razor, which uh, is always nice to have a, a product in the market. Um, and to see that um, uh, within the holiday industry where I worked previously to, to spring in nature, they're just um, make, being able to understand the return of investment, of commercial investments was um, very impactful. And I think this is where, you know, when you see yeah, the likes of Gartner and others talk about the impact of data and data-driven companies being really successful, I think if you're able to, to use data to understand the return of your investments, and to move your investments from low performing to high performing returns. That's when you really start to see that, that growth. And, and we could really see that in, in a, the travel company, I worked for. So, so, so that, that was, um, it was impressive. I didn't know actually, you know, at the time, you know, moving from product to more commercial space that, you know, some of the product development, uh, approaches would really be applied to commercial investments, but it does and it really works.
0: And, and whether it's those examples you just listed or, or, or a different one, what would you say out of those? Was the one that you had the biggest impact on the transformation
1: um that's a good question um, i for me I, I think it's always with data if you can get to the clarity in return and get stakeholders bought into that i think that's the re- really important thing i think in, in many decisions things aren't clear and if you're able to use data to really understand what the return is whether it be returning customer satisfaction or purchase intent or in um, sales um, and get everybody clear that this solution or this this idea is delivering the best um, return that's that's when I've helped organizations the most if, if we're able to get everybody on not only to a specific uh, problem but a way of working around decisions where here's an idea, here's a way to assess it, here's a way to um, measure whether it it delivers that benefit. Um, And here's how we can make decisions using data that benefit both the company and our consumers. If you can help a company get to that place, that's when you have lasting and and transformative uh, impact on on a a company and, and consumers as well.
0: That's fantastic, and and how are you currently seeing the the technology side of things evolve? And, and what effects do you, actually, you think this will have on the landscape over the next few years?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great question, and you know I touched it on the start really. So, so when I started my career, you know it was piles of hard disks and, and C code, and, and now now everything so much more accessible, and, and things are moving very quickly. So you know recently, you know we've we've with um, this being nature been using the Google Cloud a lot, and the Google Clouds lowering the barrier for um, many DevOps um, side of things on um, analytics and uh, machine learning and AI um, and allowing you to integrate those with um, many different services more, more broadly so 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 by lowering the barrier it means that it becomes more available to everybody um, and and so what was once the preserve of um, uh, which kind of, uh, nations or which companies become uh, tools, AI tools anybody can use, um, and, and that's going to make you know, the sorts of um, uh, analytics they are that, that um, I've done just very, very much more common. Uh, and, and, and with that, then we need to understand how again to make the best use of it. You know, and so you know the the, the conversations around um, ethics um, incredibly important because it is just going to become much more pervasive. It's not going to be the, the, um, uh, limited to the few that can afford data scientists and, um, uh, big data sensationally That's going to be available to many people.
0: And on the people side, then when you're going through this design thinking process or when you're trying to leverage analytics in an organization, how would you describe your leadership approach?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I, I, I like to say, uh, design thinking um, is very much about listening to people. So, um, you know, the first thing I do in any situation is, is listen to as many people as I can, um, and, and I'm, just, I'm trying to really understand you know what they want, where where the opportunities are, what their position is, and then using that really to it's almost like solving a puzzle um, to create a kind of vision that. You, most people if not all will be bought into um and, and testing that with them and you know, the vision is almost a prototype in itself um and, and really kind of lead, you know, i quite often talk about it's leading from the middle so it's 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 you know playing back to people what they've said uh what they want giving them options in terms of you know how they can achieve that and, and getting people bought into it and when you when you do that and listen to people you can see that they're trying to find you know a good outcome for them as well that's, that's when you're able to achieve um, lasting change in an organisation.
0: And do you find that's the same approach with senior leaders versus team members who are working on that, or, or do you kind of change it up a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, you need to adapt your style to whoever you're speaking with, whether you know whether it's based on the seniority or just uh, uh, their their preferred way of, way of working. Um, with senior, senior leaders you know what, they, they are interested in different things so you know, it 's about listening you know, understanding what they're listening what they they want and listening to that um, typically you know they're much more concerned about top line uh, numbers so you know how's it going to impact um, the the things that they would report to their stakeholders and their shareholders um, so you know quite often maybe I find when people talk about data analytics and senior People is a lot of it's talking about often the problems um, or, uh, or or the technical solutions, but not the benefit. And and so you know I tend to try to focus very much on this is going to be the benefits to the company. This is how it will impact revenue, customer satisfaction, um, employee engagement. Depending on what you know costs, depending on what you're working. Uh, this is how that's going to be phased over time. And and you. Know, Doing like we teach, really, and using data to make a really compelling argument.
0: And you mentioned earlier that the scientific academic space is—it um, was the first to digitize, but there is a lot of um, lot of ways to improve. Do you see that improvement right now as being quick wins, or or, or more longer term, or maybe a bit of both?
1: Uh, It'll be, be a bit of both. So it's—I um, think—I think the open access change is happening quite quickly, um, uh, we're, we're certainly driving that. Uh, and you know, with that, it, there becomes a lot more data. So there's going to be uh, a, a lot of wins off the back of that. But That's only one aspect of the scientific process. Uh, and you know, there, there's going to be many more opportunities to um, help people. You know, and, and you know, one of the, the, the things that, that is a downside actually with more data is helping people. Uh, filter that data and then being able to access the right, the right data for what they need at any point in time. Um, and, and so you can see that science, you know, by its very nature, evolves in time, how people work in science. Um, and yeah, that, those opportunities, I think, uh, are going to continue um, for, for a long time. Yeah. Mm.
0: And how has COVID 19 affected your role and, and the wider organisation as well?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, COVID nineteen's yeah, obviously been
0: devastating
1: for, for very many people, um, and, and, yeah, the, the and the personal tragedies and the lives that have been lost, um, uh, the, the, the lack of social contact, and all that is, is equally felt um, you know, across organisations and countries and uh, in different areas. So, you know, first, first of all, it, it's it's tough to, to manage that. And I, I think um, everybody's struggling with it in their own way um uh, in terms of business um and, and the, the way that we're working um because the, the the publishing industry had largely digitized its processes as you already before the the um social distancing measures came in uh within the company uh, many teams were working virtually my team is, is spread across europe and asia um, and so you know we were already having video calls um, and, and that wasn't a, a new thing to adopt. So actually the, the transition for uh, a digital company has been quite uh, Smooth for our for our, for many of our consumers. There were things that we needed to do differently um, so um, we, uh, open out, put, yeah, we We did some things to help people gain access to con- uh, content content um, COVID content, uh, textbooks, things like that. But also for the content that they, they pay for, licensed content, uh, many of them um, uh, need new ways to gain access to that. And, and so we were looking at people's behaviors as they shifted um, from working on campus to, to other authentication methods uh, and, and putting in solutions quite rapidly actually to, to help them get access to the content that they needed. Um, and so that, that was a, a key thing, uh, some of the key things that we've done. Um, to react to uh, COVID-19 over the past year.
0: And what's your top working from home tip? Uh, um,
1: top working from home tip? Um, take a commute to to your, your office. So um, I think uh, working from home has started for many uh, to feel like sleeping in the office. Um, and uh, I think it's important to get out of the office and, and just uh, have a break. So um, we we are um, one of the many people that have uh, got a lockdown puppy, uh, and, <laughs> and that's uh, certainly helped me get out um, and every day and have a walk to work, as it were. Uh, so so that that's been really important. Um, uh, and yeah, so I'd, I'd probably say that. I guess. Uh,
0: Fantastic. Uh, what was the biggest mistake you made during your career?
1: Uh, the biggest mistake? Um, it's difficult to, to um, pick mistakes, really, because I think, you know, all learning experiences and you know, mistakes is, is a bit of a negative word. But I think the things that, you know, I, I would have changed. Um, I think hiring is very key. and I think some, sometimes that's quite difficult um and you know when those decisions don't work out quite as well as you would like uh, i think it's quite disruptive for both the teams and the individuals so those those are the times where you think i oh, maybe, maybe i should have taken a bit more time or, or, or done things slightly differently because it could have avoided um some
0: challenges along the way what's the best piece of advice you ever received uh the
1: best piece of advice i've
0: ever, I've ever received
1: um let me Think about that. Um, so, um, ah, that was it. Uh, I made some notes earlier, as you can see. I probably turned turn the page because I didn't want to forget things. And uh, somebody once recommended to me um, the Seven Habits. Uh, I don't know if you've read uh, Stephen Covey and the Seven Habits, but um, the person that recommended that to me actually—that yeah—I I learned a lot from that book. Um, yeah, in my career. Um, and, and I, I practice a lot of uh, what's taught in that book and I, I, my team, when they listen to this, will know that I yeah, will laugh because I always suggest to them that it's, it's a good thing to, to read and follow up on and and some of them do, which is good. What are you curious about right now? What I'm curious about right now, um, I'm curious about the impact of um, AI generated text you know that, and how it's going to impact our industry and other industries. What you see coming out from OpenAI um, and Facebook and Google with, say, for example, GPT three, where um, text is being generated by computers in the same way that you know maybe three or four years ago we started to see images. Being created by computers now text is being created and uh, yeah that's gonna have quite quite a big impact Um, if you you imagine how people are managing images these days and how you can create new images from scratch from uh, computers you know that's coming along with text and I think that's going to be quite a different way of working yeah just just in the same ways as as, as digitizing um, pictures was quite a different way of working so I'm curious about not not only about the the technology but how that's going to interface with how people
0: you mentioned Stephen Covey in Seven Habits. Uh, it, would you say that he's your favourite thought leader or author, or do you have a more data-specific one or something else? Uh,
1: yeah, I, so you know, I, I, I'm not all that great at favourites, um, but I, I, I tend to, to like to have a, you know, a mixture of people that influence me. Uh, so I'll I mention, um, obviously uh, lots of people do, but people, lots of people follow Elon Musk, and I'll be following Elon. Um, reach is very interesting isn't it you know what, what what's going on there so um and yeah the the, the uh, i think to be able to see somebody take um again data-driven decisions you know right at the very start of their journey uh, about you know, how the world's going to change about the trends that are there you know starting with, economics and and PayPal and and the battery side of things and sustainability and and that focus that's enabled I I think is um, uh, fascinating to watch Uh, and you know a lot can be learned from
0: that I think. I absolutely agree and the last question I'll ask is what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data?
1: Yes it's a great question and my often my advice is um don't just focus on the data so obviously there's been been a, a theme around um uh design thinking and focusing on people and that, you know for, for me it's the interfaces of data with people with with how you're going to change the world or how you want to change the world it is changing the world it's going to be the, the the most important thing in the future the data the technologies the, the barriers all of that's going to change over time but if you can marry the technologies and new ways of working with how people uh the problems that people have and and solutions for them i think that's going to be really valuable so go outside your comfort zone join qualitative interviews speak to people um, learn about uh, user research or or, or product development in some other way um, and, and apply that within how you work with data
0: That was Darren Howell, Director of Analytics at Spring and Nature. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much.